Good morning, living word, and good morning, morning Manaites. Welcome to the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We certainly give God thanks for the blessing of every day. We give, give him thanks for his preservation, keeping us in the present day, but also his guarantee for us in the future. Amen. I want to ask you one question today. What dominates your thoughts? Think about that for a minute. What's, what is your dominating thought? Um, what is that one thing that is constantly on your mind? And I want to ask the other question. Is it faith-based or worry-based? Are you worried about something? Or, or are you having faith for something? And I pray that your thoughts this morning and today and throughout this rest of this week the dominating thought is faith-based and not worry-based. And I know we all got things to go through. We got issues to deal with each and every one of us. But do not let worry be your dominating thought. Let faith be your dominating thought. So whatever you believe in God for, you confess it with your mouth and think on it think on the outcome see it taking place see yourself where where your your faith is taking you see yourself already there matter of fact you can even begin to celebrate now according to what you believe in god for so let that be your dominating thought let your dominating thought today be one of faith. Be one of great expectation that you're expecting God to come through for you. You're expecting God to do for you. You trust them. All your trust is in his hands. You're not worried about anything. You just believe in God for everything. Remember that? Don't worry about anything, but believe God for everything. So I want to encourage you to let your dominating thought be one of faith. Faith give life, power, and action to your thoughts. Let me say it again. Faith give life, power, and action to your thoughts. Worry will shut all that whole process down. Worry will kill what you're having faith for, what you believe in God for. So make sure that whatever dominates your thought today, make sure it's faith-based. And it's simple, you know. It's not that hard. You simply get a word. Um, in scripture, get a, a word in scripture that connects with what you believe in God for and begin to recite that word, meditate upon it, think on it, speak it under your breath, speak it out loud, sing it, <laughs> pray it, speak it and share it, share it. Don't be afraid to share um, with believers what you believe in God for. Remember, share with a believer what you believe in God for. You know, the Bible says if two of us can agree as to anything we ask, it shall be done. There's nothing more wonderful than sharing what you believe in God for with another believer and they come in agreement with what you believe in God for. There's such power. There's such fulfillment. There's such, you know, um, much power is released when there's agreement and when the people of God could come together um, for one thing, one idea, one expectation, you know, one reality. You ask 
you know, somebody to stand with you and your dominating thoughts is now their dominating thoughts. They are believing what you are believing God for. Isn't that awesome? So faith gives life, power, and action to our thought. Faith is the starting point for receiving all our kingdom benefits. So this is all my notes that I've written down. Faith is the starting point for receiving all our kingdom benefits. Now, that's not what I'm going to really talk about today, but I just want to give you that little nugget that without faith, you cannot have any access to any of your kingdom benefits. And so make sure the thing that's dominating your thought is faith-based, okay? We are faith-based people. We are faith-based church. We absolutely have faith in the word of God and that it is his word that will be established and fulfilled in our lives and not just in our lives, in the world. Amen. So God's word cannot be reversed. It cannot be changed. It cannot be hindered. God's word will be established and will be fulfilled in your life. Amen. And so let your dominating thought not be of worry today, but be with and of faith. I mean, I could end right there because that's just good instruction. Amen. Listen, I received a great compliment this past weekend, and I just want to share this with you because I want I want you to see how important this was. Or this is. Um, I presided over a wedding um, two weeks ago, and later on, um, I met with a couple, and the bride says something to me. She says, um, "I thank you for your prayer." You know, um, okay, the ceremony was nice. Everybody enjoyed it. She said she enjoyed it. But she stopped and she said, you know, I thank you for your prayer. And then she went on to elaborate. She says, I have never heard anyone pray like that at a wedding ceremony. Now, and, you know, I, I thought about it for a moment because I didn't even remember what I prayed, you know, because I didn't have anything written um, maybe she's used to written prayers and, you know, and scripted prayers. I don't remember what I prayed, but it was significant to her um, simply because I prayed the way I did. So what I'm saying is, people, when you practice praying, God will use your prayer to bless people. Um, and these people were not even saved but it made a significant impact on their lives. And so I want to encourage you, if you have a, an opportunity for, to pray for people, um, God placed you in a position to pray. These are unsaved people. Um, pray. Let the Holy Spirit use you to pray. Don't be afraid. You know, like I said, at the end of it, I don't remember what I prayed, but it impacted their lives. And I'm praying that they will, through that one prayer, they will give their heart to the Lord. So don't take for granted the places that God placed you and what he asked you to do. Don't take for granted when somebody say, pray for me. And every opportunity, some of you on your job, at work, um, you know, or wherever you are, and somebody know that you're Christian and they ask you to pray, um, don't worry. Just open your mouth and pray and let the Holy Spirit use your lips to release words over people's lives. It is so important 
are you hearing me? So important. And so it was, yeah, I, th that made me feel so good that somebody was blessed by a prayer that the Holy Spirit used my lips to release over their lives. Amen. So I don't know what blesses you, but it's those simple little things that blesses me. Some of those simple little things that blesses me. I'm glad that I could um, I could be used to impact lives in a positive manner. Amen. So I pray that you also are submitting yourself to God, that you can be used by God to impact somebody's life. Amen. So this morning, I really want to um, share with you um, uh, that we are destiny people, destiny children. Um, Ecclesiastes 6 and verse 10. Listen to what the scripture says. And this is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I just, you know, scripture should just make you smile. Every time you read a little nugget that he just like, really God? <laughs> you got to love scripture. If you don't love the Bible, if you don't love the word of God, you have no clue. You have no understanding of God. Because God is so loving and so kind. He has a sense of humor. He can make you laugh. He can make you cry. It's just amazing, the wonderful God that we serve. But this is what he said. This is, it says your future is determined, right? So here it is. Everything has already been decided. This is Ecclesiastes 6, verse 10. This is what it says now. Everything has already been decided. It was known long ago what each person would be. So there is no use arguing with God about your destiny. <laughs> Bless the Lord. There is no use to argue with God about your destiny. It's already done. Your destiny is already chosen for you. God knows your past. He knows your present. He already knows your future. Amen. It's all in God's hand. Glory to God. And so you and I who are chosen by God, and I'm going to show you some more scriptures because it's going to make you so, it's going to make you smile. It, it should make you feel special. Absolutely special. All right. Let's go to the book of Ephesians um, chapter one. And this is the message version. And this just puts smiles all over my face when I know that my destiny is chosen by God. And I've been already predestined to be to be holy and righteous before him this is amazing look at um ephesians 1 verse 3 he said how blessed is god and what a blessing he is that's that's just the right of celebrating god he's the father of our master jesus christ and takes us to the high places of blessing in him and so we are elevated we are brought to the higher places of blessing in Christ Jesus, long before he laid the earth foundations, he had us in mind. Now think about that for a minute. What the scripture is really saying to us is that before God brought the world into existence, we were already chosen. He already had us in mind. He already had a destined place for us. He already had a future for us. He already had made plans for us. Oh, glory to God. That should get you excited that before God even made the Garden of Eden, even before he brought the world into existence, you and I, 
the chosen, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, was already on his mind. Matter of fact, in my estimation, I believe he made all those things because he had us in his mind. <laughs> oh, glory to God. And so I give God thanks for this. This is an absolutely awesome revelation. Long before he laid down earth foundation, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love. We are the focus of God's love through, and he made, made us whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift given by the hand of his beloved son. So here it is. Our destiny is to enter into a great celebration, lavish celebration that God has prepared for us. He planned for us um, through um, his son, Jesus Christ. And so that's why the Bible said before the foundation of the world, the lamb was already slain. Simply means that God already knew that Adam and Eve was going to mess up and we have to be reconciled back to him. And so the plan was already made that Jesus' blood will be shed for us. And through his shed blood, we accept Christ as our as the sacrificial lamb in our stead. We now are adopted back into the family of God, and God has planned a lavish celebration. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Isn't that amazing? You know, the Bible said that the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. Simply, there's celebration. There's, you know, God is preparing such great celebration for us that the angels themselves see it and are amazed by it. One person who accept Jesus Christ um, as their Lord and Savior. The Bible said there's the angels rejoice. There's celebration going on in heaven right now, each and every moment, each and every second, simply because somebody accept the plan or the destined plan that God has for their life. Now, why wouldn't you accept what God has for you? Why would you choose to go your own way? That is foolish thinking. Right? Very foolish thinking that you would choose your way rather than God's way. But of course, we know people make that decision every single day. Even though they have knowledge of God, they reject God and choose to go their own way. Now, there's also a plan for those people and there's nothing lavish about it. <laughs> there's no celebration when you reject God. There is no celebration for you. The end of that person is really not good. Amen. So verse seven said, because of the sacrifice of the, of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishment, chalked up by all our misdeeds and not just barely free either. We are absolutely free. Remember the word that God gave us, that he has forgiven our past. That means he simply has forgiven us of all our sins. We are absolutely free. And that's why I will teach people, stop calling yourself a sinner. You're no longer a sinner. If you have accepted Christ, the Bible said, any man being Christ is a new 
creature, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so because of that, you're no longer a sinner. You are a child of God. You cannot be a sinner and be saved at the same time. So you've got to make up your mind. And I know we testify, you know, I'm a sinner saved by... No, no, no. I was a sinner. But thank God I am saved by grace. And so you have to change your word and change what you're speaking because your expectation must be different. Um, your future is different than the past future you had before Christ Jesus. And so here the word of God tells us that everything has already been decided. God already knows long ago what you're going to do, the choice you're going to make. Amen. And he is prepared for your arrival. And so there's a big celebration. God is celebrating us. And so that's why in the midst of everything, we can still have peace. Every single thing we in the midst of it, we can still have peace. And verse eight says he thought of everything provided for everything we could possibly need. You see that God has thought of everything that concerns you. And he already has provided everything that you can possibly need. And so we, we have, as children of God, God has provided everything. And if we really, really know who we are and have the knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus, we realize that we lack nothing. Everything that we need has already provided. Provided. Amen. And so God is not now just making plans for you. He already has made plans for you. It says in verse 10, it says a long range plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. So every single thing amen, is in the hand of Jesus Christ. God has given him authority over everything. And because of that, um, and because we are his body, we are the ecclesia, the chosen one. All those things have been made available to us. Now, this one particular verse, I want to bring it to your attention because um, there's erroneous, erroneous teaching that we must um, do, uh, we must find ourselves by meditating on ourselves and emptying our minds and all this other foolishness that's been taught. You know, we must find, no, this is what scripture says in verse 11. It says this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. And so what the scripture is saying is that you don't go search for yourself by, you know, by inward thinking of yourself. No, you find yourself in Christ Jesus. So when we search out for the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus, that's who, that's rather, that's when we get a revelation of who we are. When we gain knowledge of God and his son, Jesus Christ, he reveals to us who we are. It's sort of it's sort of like you going back to the manufacturer to find out about the product that he has made. Isn't the manufacturer, the person who created the product, the, the right person to go back to to find out the purpose and to find out how the product works? Absolutely. And so here it is. God is saying to us that we need to search him out through his son, Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we will have a revelation of who we are. So you want to find yourself? 
find Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And and he will share with you who you are. You know, the Bible lets us know that we should be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. So God is really just trying to get us to be like his son. Why? Because his son is the perfect example of who we should be. And so Jesus says, when you see me, you see the Father. Simple means I am a perfect likeness of my heavenly Father. And so children of God, your life, God already knows it. Amen. And if you are called and if you are chosen, if you are part of the body of Christ, there is nothing for you to worry about. Remember I said your dominant thought should be one of faith and not of fear. Well, this is why that because God knows everything that you need, every single thing that you need, it's already provided. The Bible says he thought of and provided all that you need. Amen. You remember the, the, that the thoughts he thinks of us are always for good and never for evil and to bring us to an expected end. God has an expectation. He has an expected end for your life. Your destiny is already planned. And so that's why we could have peace. We could have peace that you know, we always talk about the surpassing all understanding, you know, peace in the midst of the storm, peace when we're going through our trials and struggles. Amen. And the Bible tells us that there's a reward when we are victorious. What is victorious? What does that mean? Um, it simply means when we persevere, when we stay focused, when we keep the faith and never give up, we keep the faith. Amen. And we hold on to it as tightly as we possibly can because we trust God and we believe God that he has thought of everything and provided everything. Think about that for a minute. God has thought of everything and provided everything that concerns you. Any and everything that concerns you, God already has thought about it. Amen. And so God is working out his purpose in everything, in everyone, you and I are included in the in the universal purpose of God. You are here for a reason. There's a purpose for you living. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't let anybody tell you that you're good for nothing. You're useless. Mm -mm. If you were good for nothing and useless, you would not be here. You are useful. You are good for something. <laughs> Let that sink deep into your head. Let it sink deep into your mind and into your spirit that you are known by God. You are chosen by God. You are thought of by God. And God said, my thoughts of you are always for good and never for evil. Amen. And God has already predestined you. He already has chosen you. You are part of the chosen one. And as the, the earlier you recognize this, is the sooner you can transform and change your life because you'll have a totally different perspective as to what life is and who you are in Christ. And so when you get a revelation from God of who you are, when you fully understand 
who you are. Your talk will be different. Your attitude will be different. Your walk will be different. You'll just be changed and transformed. You don't hold things against people. You easily forgive. You easily let things go. You will hold on by faith. You let faith be your dominating thought when you really know who you are. And so I pray that this morning, that this particular verse of these verses of scriptures will will energize you, will awaken you, and cause you to not give up, not just you know lay down and play dead, you know. And I pray that this will re-energize you, that you don't run out of energy, the energy that you need to hold on and to persevere. And I know life can be tough at times. Life can be very, very tough. And sometimes you wonder, why? What did I do to deserve all this? Now, let me share with you this. Not everything that happened to you is because of what you did. <laughs> Some things is because what others did. Okay, but our response to that is determined by our mindset. So we want to make sure um, we're not frustrated, we're, we're not in despair we're not fall into depression but we are energetic we are thoughtful we hold on in faith and by faith knowing that god has provided all things and your future is already planned out by god david said i simply come in the volume of the book that is written of me simply means Every single day of your life, God already has it written in the book. He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He already knows everything about you. He knows everything you're going to go through. And because of that, the Bible said he perfects all things that concern you. So you and I has been perfected to be successful and to reach our destined place in Christ. Glory to God. Seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's our destined place. And I want us to be encouraged today. Just know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No tongue that rises against you in judgment is going to be able to stand. For the Bible said it's already condemned. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. The angels of the Lord encamp it round about them that fear him. Amen. And so we have all these beautiful scriptures that concerns us simply because God has thought about every aspect of our lives. And so listen, whatever you're going through right now, don't think God does not know about it. He does know about it. You simply have to let faith be your dominant thought. Amen. Let me say it again. Let faith be your dominant thought, not worry. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for making a way for us. Thank you for your thoughts that you think of us, God. Thoughts of good, not of evil, and to bring us to an expected end. We bless and praise your wonderful name. Father, when we hear of these scriptures, how before the foundation of the world, you already have thought of us and you already have made plans for us. We are 
We are privileged people. And so, Lord, you have done for us what we could not do for ourselves. God, what, what you, you're thinking of us could never have entered into our minds. Your love for us could never have entered into our hearts. But you revealed it by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die in our stead. No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. Heavenly Father, we bless you and we tell you thank you. And we dedicate this day to you. God, and we will allow our dominant thought to be one of faith. One of thinking of you and who you are, your grace, your love for us, your mercy that you've uh, extended to us. And God, when we're in the muck and the mire, when we're dead in our trespasses and sins, you quickened us, you awakened us, you called us out of the dark realms into your marvelous light. And so this morning, God, we say thank you. And Father, we don't even know how to thank you enough because of your grace and because of your goodness to us. And so, Father, I pray that you will accept, Lord, our few words, our feeble words, but, but our heart that is full of gratitude because of who you are. Lord, thank you again. Thank you for the favor that you have placed on our heads, the increase on our hands, and the swiftness on our feet. Thank you, God, for forgiving our past, preserving our present, and guaranteeing our future. For there's not a feeble one among us. We're healthy, we're wealthy, we're strong in you, our Lord, and in the power of your might. For though our beginning was small, our latter end has greatly increased. Heavenly Father, we bless you, we tell you thanks. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.